Uh, what's up, Mike? What's up, Walker? Should we do this? Let's do it. Welcome to Walls Down Podcast, the podcast where we talk about masculinity. Yeah. I'm Walker. I'm Mike. And uh, if you didn't listen to our sort of our, our teaser episode, uh, give us a give us a quick rundown on what this is. Uh, this is a podcast where we explore masculinity in America through the lens of two straight cis men, uh, myself, Mike Walker, um, and we're just trying to learn more about what it is to be a man in America. We want to educate, learn. We're not experts by any means, so we're just sharing our experience, um, and we want to hear from you guys. We're having guests on this uh, podcast, and we're creating a safe space to talk about our feelings, our experiences, and to learn, to grow, and to just love one another. I love it. Very, very uh, what I would say as well, very uh, accurate. To what we're, I'm hoping to do. So for this episode, this is kind of an introduction to us. Yeah. Get to know, you know, for people to get to know each other. We only met what month ago? Yeah. Three weeks ago. So yeah. A month ago or something like that. Yeah. Mike and I met and kind of just hit it off over this idea of being open to asking ourselves these questions about masculine and talking about um, the messages and things we had learned growing up, what it meant to be a man, what it meant to be masculine, and kind of how they'd had this you know, kind of fucked up effect on us. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Um, <laughs> and so for this episode, yeah, we, we're going to kind of just interview each other. We're not going to have, we are going to be the guests on this one. We're going to get to know each other so you guys can get to know us. Um, and I'll say, as always, like, if you have any questions for us, we'll probably answer questions in the future. Any questions, any thoughts? Um, if you have any feelings about the podcast, email us at wallsdownpodcast at gmail.com and we'll get back to you. We'll answer, you know, in, in future podcasts. Um, but yeah, we'll get right into it. Yeah. Um, what are some questions? So, yeah. Walker, tell me, tell me a little bit about your history. Tell me about my history. Um, so like you said, I, I'm a, I'm 33 years old. I'm a. Uh, heterosexual cisgendered white man um it's funny I, that language I, I was gonna say so i'm from oklahoma and i want to say i was gonna say that where i'm from that language that that way of identifying myself i think would make a few people you know it kind of puts their walls up but I, but i would say even here i live in new york now we both live in new york we're in, recording in Mike's apartment in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Um, that language, I know a lot of people that, you know, you get that sort of like back pushback sometimes of like, why you got to identify like that? What is, you know, why, why does that matter? We're all just people. And, but I think the reason why that's super important is because my experience of exactly who I am, being exactly who I am influence the experience I had that then created, you know, made me more the person that I am. Mm -hmm. So growing up as a heterosexual, white, cisgendered guy in Oklahoma, 
I was the recipient of a lot of privilege. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and a big privilege of that was that I sort of didn't have to think about my identity. You know, I didn't have to think about because, you know, for lack of a better term, I was sort of what in my area was the normal. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I wasn't other, I wasn't different, yet I still had to, I know now I had to fit into the boxes, right? Like I was, I was born into this box, but I had to do a lot of work and I got a lot of messages about what that box was and how I was going to. And how I needed to fit into it. And I didn't know I was getting those messages, right? Um, yeah, I mean, from, from an early age. I, uh, I, don't, I mean, what, what about, like, I'm thinking, what about for you? Like, do you remember the first message you got of, like, what it was to be, or, like, you know, man up, or, like, be a man, or, or like, don't be a pussy, or, like, that kind of thing? Like, yeah, from, <laughs> from, I think, when I was, like, seven, probably eight, playing Pop Warner football. Mm. And, like, we would have to do, like, bear crawls or up-downs mm. when we, <laughs> we didn't make the right tackle. Yeah, yeah. And, like, if we come in last, like, you would have, like, if you were doing sprints and you came in last, you would have to do extras. And, like, we were so young, so we would, like, be like, fuck, we don't want to do this. Or, like, you'd have some kids, like, crying, mm. and you'd see, like, uh, the coaches be like, you, what are you crying for? Mm. Like, what are you crying for? And uh, I just remember, like, if I showed any tears, then, like, I was weak. Mm. You know, like, I can't show any, I can't show tears. Yeah. A, because if I showed tears, I'm going to have to do more sprints. <laughs> sprints <laughs> and I didn't want to. And then B, it was like, if I showed tears, then I was weak. You know, yeah. in these, like, men's eyes. Yeah. So, like... That's um, so interesting that there was, like, a literal physical consequence. Yeah. If you showed emotion. Like, Show you it. would have... I mean, I remember that, too. But, like, having to, like, do more physical exercise yep. if you show weakness. Yeah. What What is deemed as weakness? Yeah. And you don't show any emotions, like, in any sports. Did you have the same experience? Like, did you show... I... I... It's funny, I'm, I'm learning now that, like, somebody, I was talking to somebody the other day about masculinity, and they were like, oh, well, you know, I, growing up, I wasn't a normal, I'm not the most stereotypical masculine guy, and I don't know that I was either, but I crammed myself into that box eventually. By, uh, you know, as a kid, I think I did all the normal kid things, like, I played soccer, and I did the t-ball, and I hated it. Like, yeah. I, hated it. I remember my mom always tells this story about when I was uh, playing soccer and I was like, uh, you know, five or six in this very competitive team and everybody's really good. And they put me in, you know, I was on defense and because the team was really good, they weren't, you know, the ball didn't come back that way very often. And she said that a coach would yell at me because I would be sitting down cross-legged, like picking flowers or playing with ants or something like that. And one time he was like, he was like, Walker, like, if you don't want to play, you can come out. And I, she, my mom always said, I just went, okay. And I just ran off the field. <laughs> And it was like, at that point, it was so, that was such like a pure, you know, just who I was as a person. But my mom told, would always tell that story. And for a long time, it really, I, it was like kind of humiliating to me mm -hmm. because I saw, I thought of myself, it was like embarrassed. I was embarrassed of who I was as this kid who like in T-ball, I would get so nervous because I didn't want to screw up and I didn't want to not, you know, there was kids that maybe they were, you know, more athletic or they were athletic earlier or whatever. And I just felt so much anxiety and pressure, um, that I just didn't want to play. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and my dad was my dad, both I, my father and my stepfather are, are 
very kind, loving men, but they're also just men of their generation. You yeah. Know? My, and my dad was a pretty talented baseball player. Um, and I hated it. I hated baseball. I'm like, this is the sport with like, you know, it's got the hardest ball moving the fastest and you have no pads on. Like, I don't want to play this sport. This is mm-hmm. going to hurt if I get hit with it. And my mm-hmm. dad was a pitcher. And I just, I always remember feeling like, I don't think he ever said it to me, but I felt like I let him down because yes. I didn't want to play baseball and I didn't want, you know, um, so, but sports were, it was almost like, and I'm sure I got, I know when I started playing football and I played for a while, I definitely got those messages of, yeah. you know, like they would literally say like, don't be a pussy. Don't yeah. be, don't be um, a girl. Don't be, you know, cause yeah. that, that was the thing. It's like, that was the last thing you wanted to be. I relate to that so much, especially like for me, I'm six, four black, uh, man, heterosexual man. And like, like, especially for me and my culture, it's like. I was very athletic and like I was expected to play like basketball or football or even like when I like introduced myself to people, they're like, did you play basketball Mm -hmm. or did you play football? You know? So like right off the top, like my appearance, you just think like I'm Mm -hmm. built like an athlete. And I remember you just reminded me through your story, like after high school, um, like I was brought into this room with my coach and my mom, my dad and uh, the lady I was living with at mm. the time, um, because I wasn't living with my family. And, uh, I told everybody, I was like, I want to go to fashion school because I'm super into fashion like music and all that stuff. And they looked at me like I was crazy. Mm. They were like, what? <laughs> like, no, you're not yeah, going to, no, fa- not no. you're going to go no. play basketball. Like, are you crazy? Like you're all star, like, um, you're the best one on your team. Like, mm-hmm. are you like, what are you thinking? Yeah. Like, you're not going to go, go to fashion school, yeah. like go play basketball and then you can move on and then go to college and like yeah. do it this way. So like right there, it was like, I was put in that box of like, mm-hmm. no, I can't think different. Or if I think different of like wanting to go to fashion yeah. school or pursue something else, then it's like, are you crazy? Well, and it's, uh, I wonder, was it like this thing of like, you're, you've been given this gift. Why yes. would you? Yeah. And it's like, it's so funny because it's like we would all kill to have this yes. you know we're all yeah it, it's so funny that it, how dare you throw this opportunity yeah away. yeah like you're betraying us yes. you're betraying us as who we are as uh, you know i'm sure i don't know if anyone said but like as a man like you get this thing to be this uber man it's funny it's funny like just even how how it fucks like so I'm like six one. Yeah. And when I first when I uh hugged Mike for the first time, he's like six four. And I remember feeling like like, oh man, this guy's tall. Like, guy's like, <laughs> it's like damn, I'm not used to this. Like I'm used to, I'm used to being the taller one. And yeah. it's funny because still today I have those things, but it's but it's those things are so deeply ingrained. Yeah. And so they're like deep rooted, like subconscious, yeah. like yeah, totally. stuff that So what about like when you were cause I cause You've said to me before about, you know, you, you've realized you didn't have any male role models growing yeah. up. I remember so, watching that documentary and I text you right after. <laughs> I was like, I don't have any uh, mentors. Plug for the, uh, the Mask You Live In. Yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, Mask You Live In and Netflix. It's a great documentary on, uh, on uh, masculinity and uh, kind of just the lessons we learned from being kids. So th- I'm thinking on when you were a kid, where did you, you know, before sports, like, did you have older men in your life, I guess that, you know, or was that it when your coaches, who, who was giving his messages or was it peers, mostly movies? I don't know. Well, full disclaimer, my dad's in my life. He's around, but he's not the, uh, 
I mean, maybe he is a typical dad. Like he doesn't show any emotions. Mm-hmm. Like he's there physically. Yeah. But isn't there? Wasn't there emotionally mm-hmm. or spiritually or wasn't able to connect with me? Mm-hmm. You know, I was. I'm the firstborn. So from the earliest time, like me and my dad never really had like that father son relationship. Like I played sports, I played football. He was an athlete. He went to Kentucky University. Um, he went to the Jets tryouts and blew out oh, his wow. knee, and then um, he met my mom and had me. So. Um, you know, through like doing a lot of work on myself, a lot of inventory therapy, like, you know, I realized like, yeah, like my dad was there, but he didn't show me Mm. all those things that I wish I would have like learned. So yeah, I got all my like lessons and the way like I acted and moved throughout the world through either movies, music, friends, um, friends I met through playing sports or like the older kids around the neighborhood that mm. I would like hang out with. And then my cousin was a big influence in me because he was older than me by like six years. So he, all the stuff that he was into, like skateboarding, snowboarding, um, dirt biking, um, all that stuff, like I picked mm. up because it was like, oh shit, my cousin's cool. Mm-hmm. And He's bad and gets into trouble. Like, yeah. that's what I want to be like. So, mm-hmm. like, everything my cousin Chris did, I would do. So, like, even though I played football and basketball, like, I had this love of, like, skateboarding and, mm-hmm. um, you know, snowboarding and riding dirt bikes. Yeah. And when I was growing up, like, that wasn't cool. So, like, as a black kid growing up in L.A., it was like, yo, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing mm-hmm. all these sports like these, like what are you like a little white boy? Like you're doing all these like sports. And it was like, wait a minute, what? This is just something that I love to do. Mm -hmm. That's fun. You know, it's like an outlet for me. Like, yeah, it's easy to play basketball and football and just like follow that norm. Mm -hmm. But like, this is also something that, so it was like trying to like balance or juggle both these like lifestyles and like, yeah, it just wasn't accepted. Yeah. Yeah. That's cause that's, I mean, that's the interesting part. And like, as we go further with this, there's no, one experience of what it is to be a man or like what no. you're told like you're put in a box because you're a you were a young black man yeah and right and like i was a, a young white man in mm-hmm. oklahoma so like if i wanted to dirt bike and all that stuff that would be totally normal yeah if i wanted to go hunting or whatever and like i remember too i got into that kind of like skater you know i was I was like in grade school when like grunge was happening and all that. Mm-hmm. And so it was like kind of everybody got into it. And then I found it that it was different because it wasn't sports and it wasn't, uh, it felt more real to me, like yeah. arts and music and stuff like that. But I also, even the skateboarding, I wasn't very good skateboarding. I remember mm-hmm. I used to stand at the skate park just holding my skateboard. <laughs> yeah, did the same thing. And like, you know, I had friends and my, my, my best friend at the time, him and his brothers were all really good skate. Like one of his brothers was like in Thrasher and all this stuff. And like, we were like, oh, they're so cool. But again, even his mom was an artist. His dad owned a, like a, a music supply store. So like this very alternative family. But again, we weren't, no one was like talking about emotions. No one, mm-hmm. like his brothers used to like beat the shit out of us. And then he and I would beat the shit out of each other. It was just like, it was still just this, you know, little grungy boys. And yeah. Getting, you know, that, there was that kind of like punk lifestyle too, which again was not like this open. It was more like beat the shit out of each other you know Mm -hmm. get bloody and all that kind of stuff and um so it's funny that you can sort of when you're rebelling you're still i was still very much in this system that was the same right it was just a different it looked different we were we wore different clothes yeah you know yeah 
but still in that like box. Yeah, totally. Um, so, all right. Well, so I kind of want to get into, we're going to take a break, but then after that, maybe we talk a little bit about when did it start? What, what sort of effect did it start to have on you? When did it, may, and maybe you don't know, maybe looking back on it now, you see that it started to have this kind of negative effect on you and what that looked like. But uh, we'll talk about that after break. Okay. Walls Down Podcast. What's up, guys? What's and up? Girl. What's up? So we were just talking about, you know, when we were younger, how Mike and I learned some of the lessons that we learned about what it was to be a man, what some of the kind of the the uh, feedback we got. Um. So I'm I, now I'm interested in when. How did you start to see that have an effect in your life? Uh, when I was. Looking back, because I didn't know during the time, uh, probably 13, 14, when my parents got divorced and I was just like angry mm. and uh, would rebel and just do the opposite of what I was supposed to do and getting bad grades and um, just so mad and resentful and not having anybody to talk to. Or did you know that you were, I mean, like it's when you say you're like mad and resentful, did I know at the time I yeah. was, no, I had yeah. no idea. I thought I was just, I actually, I knew I was, I was angry at my parents mm. because they got a divorce. Um, so I felt like just abandoned. So I didn't, I didn't know what to do with that anger. And my dad got remarried to my stepmom. Mm-hmm. So I was angry at her. I was angry at my stepbrother and my stepsister. Um, I was just angry at the world. Were you older or younger? I was 13. You? Oh, I was the oldest. I'm the oldest of six. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. So, you're, so you had a younger stepbrother and stepsister. You're yeah. angry at them. You're angry at your dad. You're angry at your stepsister. Yeah. So <clears throat> did anyone ever talk to you when they got divorced? Talk no. To you about, no. No. No one talked to me. That's the thing. Like, I didn't have anybody to talk to. Yeah. What about you? Did you have anybody that, like... So, well, so my parents got divorced when I was, like, two. Yeah. We both remarried by the time I was, like, four or five. Yeah. So I, I didn't know any different. And I had a stepbrother who was my same age, and I had, uh, I guess by the time I was, like, nine, I had four half-siblings between the, my, my parents, and I had my one older sister, too. Um but it's funny when you say, did you have anyone to talk to? My parents were, I think, I, I think my mom would have been there for me, but I don't think I would have gone to her, you know? So it's like, did I have someone to talk to? Maybe, but I didn't know I needed to talk. You know what oh. I mean? I didn't know I had the emotions that I had. Um, my, my older sister, it was sort of like, she kind of got pigeonholed into like the one with emo, like, cause she would, you know, she was like kind of angry and then she, uh, I mean, she's super smart, and I think it kind of manifested in she had some depression and that kind of stuff. So I, it was like almost like that was her, and, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I internalized that that was okay for a woman to do it or that was you know what I mean. But mm-hmm. it was I, I too was I think I, I had a lot of emotions around that same age, twelve, thirteen, uh, and I just like didn't know 
what to do. I remember I used to like fall in love all with everyone. I would like fall in love with the waitress. Like when I was like six, mm-hmm. I would like fall in love with the day helper at my kindergarten or whatever. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I just remember feeling so foolish most of the time for like feeling those ways or like having crushes on every girl. And I felt, cause I just didn't see the other guys doing it or guys talking about it. And that like young guys, even, you know, this yeah. is before where like it got way create like more intense of the way we talked about women. But, uh, and yeah, I, I spent a lot of time, even though I had a lot of siblings, I spent a lot of time. I would be like alone just in my head. You know, and I wasn't, so I wasn't talking to anybody about what I was feeling because I just assumed that's what everyone felt. Yeah. Um, when you oh, sorry, sorry. No, go. no, no. I was just going to say, it's funny. I felt different, but I also thought everybody, I didn't think I was different. I don't, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. When you were growing up, were you close with your dad? No, okay. not really. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with, I mean, my dad, my dad is very, was, my dad worked a lot because mm-hmm. he, you know, he worked in restaurants. He's had his own restaurant. This was just like an industry where you work a lot. And I remember like my dad was around and my dad definitely made, a, a, took a lot of effort to like be there with me and spend time with me. He just was working a lot. Mm-hmm. And same with my stepdad. My stepdad also, I think he like started a company when my mom and him like pretty quickly after they got married. So he was like building that. My mom worked there for a while too. So I wasn't close to him but I never felt like abandoned by them I never felt I felt like they were just doing what you're supposed to and again that was a message I got was like a man goes and does what he's supposed to and the life happens at home kind of outside of him like he you know my dad would come home and eat with us a lot sometimes a lot of times he wouldn't be there for dinner because he was working and like he would be the disciplinarian he was the one I mean like my mom my stepmom I would get into it with yeah and like argue and I would try I would pull so much more shit with them that I would never pull with because I, I was afraid of my stepdad same and, my dad, was, you know? oh. and so it created that also created this thing that I see of like respect you know like respecting men over women and like being afraid of men over women mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah I mean we're, I, I assume like you said you weren't your dad wasn't really there so Dude, I was terrified my mom me and one of my good friends we always used to we joke around but it's kind of sad like my mom would be like wait till your dad gets home wait till i oh, tell yeah. him and i'd be like oh shit i'm so far. oh yeah no that was like, the worst <laughs> the rest of the day i'd be like oh man yeah oh no i got caught yeah. twice it was like, <laughs> i did not learn my lesson one i think the first time i was standing on, i was maybe eight or nine i was standing on the stairs i remember i was yelling at my stepmom and i was like fuck you yeah bitch. yeah and i turned and i looked and my dad was i guess he'd gotten off work early <laughs> He was standing in the front door, and I, I, I yelled something like, I said shut up, or something, and I ran up. I, my dad says I just immediately started crying, ran upstairs. Um, and then another time, same thing. I was uh, This time I was probably 12 or 13, and I was me and my mom were fighting in the morning because that's when we always fought because I would like leave shit out at night, and she'd be mad in the morning, and then we'd fight before I go to school. And my stepdad, I thought he'd gone to work, I guess, and I was the same thing. The carpool pulls up, and I turn to my mom, and I said, you know what? Fuck you, bitch which is insane that I would say that to my mother first of all. But then I turn and I see my stepdad standing there like with his cup of coffee and I just booked it to the car. Cause I thought for some reason, if I could get to the carpool car, I was safe. 
but he yelled and I, I I don't remember what my punishment was, but I know I didn't go to school that day. Like I yeah. got, they pulled me out of school for whatever I was in trouble for. Yeah, yeah. Um So so like so you're really angry, your parents are divorced, you've got these step siblings. How do you how do you deal with it if you don't have anyone to talk to? How did you start dealing with it? Just internalized it. Yeah. Start acting out like what you just said. I would cuss everybody out. I would beat my stepbrother up. Mm. Uh, and just act out. I would get bad grades in school. Um, yeah, I would I was always in trouble. Mm. Like always being grounded. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. You know, that's how I like It was almost like that saying like Negative energy is better than no, or negative attention is better than yeah. no attention at yeah. all. You know. Oh, totally. So like, I would just act out, break stuff, steal stuff. Yeah. You know, anything I could, uh, until I got like, my mom came and like pulled me out of my dad's house and moved me in with a family friend. So I was like growing up. I grew up from thirteen to twenty with a close family friend. Wow. Yeah. So it was like bad, bad. Yeah. Like, no, actually, I was 15. Sorry. 15 till, yeah. 15 till like 22. Yeah. 15. You were living with this family. Now, was yeah. this like a friend of your dad's and hers? Is this her? Yeah. Fam- uh, friends of my mom and my dad. I grew up with these, like, these kids and my uh, family friend. So what, was that any different? Um. Yeah, because then I was like the outsider still, you know, like... Although I knew them since I was like a kid, mm-hmm. a baby, um, it was still like I was the outsider, and they, it was a, they, I grew up with an all white family, so mm-hmm. I was I had that like thought in my head of like oh like I'm definitely the outsider, mm-hmm. you know I don't look like them, um, like I'm not their kid. They showed me a lot of love; they were yeah. there for me, but I was so angry that like yeah. I couldn't even like accept and embrace that love because yeah. it was just like. My parents so loved me. My parents got divorced. Like, fuck the world. Yeah. You know? And then, like, I didn't have anybody to talk to. Uh, so it was just like, I'm shutting off. Yeah. It's, it, <laughs> it, it's, it's, you know, it's so interesting. It's like you, there was this pushback from you because you were angry because the family kind of like split and no one talked to you. No one, and, mm-hmm. and because of that anger, you were pushed even further away. Mm-hmm. Like, I can just imagine that yeah. that would push it even for where it's like, fuck this. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like weirdly, like, I don't know, maybe like, you know, the, the like weirdly when you were acting out and all that, you were just looking for attention. Like you just said, like you were yeah. looking for someone to talk to and just be like, somebody to be what's like, up? Oh. Like, are you okay? And no, instead it was like, no, you're something's wrong. You need to go away. Mm-hmm. And I, and the, and looking back now, it's like, I don't even know if my parents knew how to like communicate Totally. What was going on? Yeah. So, um, yeah, like they didn't know how to like voice that opinion or yeah. voice that like, are you okay? Yeah. Because they didn't know how to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing that I think is important to remember is like, and I, I do remember this is like, I, while I think my parents made mistakes, I don't think any of them, they're not mistakes that any parents didn't make. And mm-hmm that other parents won't make. And I, I'll, if I'm ever a parent, probably will, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I for sure think everyone, my parents were doing their best and did a pretty damn good job. Yeah, definitely. Know, because 
I think, I don't think, I think a lot of the negative messages I got also came from outside my family. Oh, 100%. A lot of the the messages about where I was maybe primed because I was like angry, like you were saying, and I was primed, I was primed to take on something that was destructive. Yeah. You know? And so, so like, what, what, what is it like after what you said you shut down? So like, what did that look like? Um, I looked for approval from friends, mm. like whatever I thought was cool yeah, or whatever I was, I just made sure I was on top of like whatever was like mm. hot and cool at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Whatever was hot and cool, like I had to be the first to like know about it, whether mm-hmm. it was sneakers, uh, music, um, art. Uh, fashion, like I had to be number one. I had to be number one. That way, like I was like the cool guy. Yeah, you know, you had to be in front of. I had to be in front of. Like even though I skateboarded and like was into like skateboarding, like I always knew about the new hot skateboarding shoes that were coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I was on top of like the new uh, skateboard deck or the trucks or the bearings or the wheels that were coming mm, out. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. always knew about the the dope skater. Or the videos or yeah, whatever. What about you? Well, that's so interesting because like, it's like, uh, the only reason I, I, I kind of see this because I, I recognize it myself is that I felt, I just felt so off and I feel like I didn't have anything to like, it's like I, if you truly knew me, you wouldn't be interested. So let me be the version let me be whatever you need me to be. Ooh. And I remember this very clearly. This I, At the time, I recognized it. But then later, it it's funny, like much later in life, I see it time. I did it time and time again. But I remember this was when I went from fifth to sixth grade. You went to like into middle school. And my that kid would have been my best friend, the skater kid. Everyone else had kind of like moved on from grunge. You know, like wasn't, you know, it was like more like prep was cool. And mm-hmm. um me and him were the only ones kind of doing it still. And he went to this alternative school and I stayed at our, the school we were at. Um, and I had like hair down to my shoulders with like the shaved underneath and, um, still skateboarding and all that. And he left and it was just me. And so all these other kids and my brother, I had a brother, like my brother's in my grade. And so we were close, but I was different. Right. And so yeah. like, and then I had this thing and I, and so for about half the year in sixth grade, I didn't really have any friends. I really, and I, no one was like picking on me or anything, but I, you know, I, I definitely recognized that I didn't have that best friend or anything anymore. And I remember I had this very clear where I just was like, okay, here's what I need to do. And I went home and I buzzed my head. And I think I had like a polo shirt, you know, for whatever, for like when we had to like dress up to go see my grandmother or whatever. And I put that on and like within like, three weeks I was like spending the night at like Corbett Thompson's house and like getting to go to the, which was like, you know, like the cool yeah, gym, like yeah. going over and like hanging out with the girls and like, and I think even at that time I recognized like, Oh, you can change yourself to be what, to be what people want you to be. Or change your outside. Change your outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Like change change the, the movies you watch and the joke, the things you say and the way you dress yep. and the things you're interested in. And, people will accept you and you'll get things. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that came, I started playing basketball in seventh grade. Um, 
you know, I, we all tried to hook up with the girls in seventh grade, you know, and, and a part of that, you know, there's like the natural, like I went into puberty at that time, but it was very much like that culture. That was when we started this culture of like getting real, you know, like talking real dirty about yeah. women talking like very like, uh, you know, you're a 13, 14 year old kid and like everything on my mind was sex and I had no like like you said, like we had sex ed. We actually at my school had pretty good sex ed, but I, there was no healthy idea of like what sex was. It was like porno and like what me and my friends would talk about. And like, yeah. So it was like there was no, there was no concept of like connection and like love and being with another person, anything like that. It was like mm-hmm. just horny. Yes. And like excitement. Yeah. Yeah. About for you, what was that time like when you were like moving into that first like? With women, with... Like, Dude, I lost my virginity at such a young age. Yeah. Like, too young. <laughs> like, I was, like, 13 years old. Yeah. I was in seventh grade. Yeah. I lost my virginity. Um, and it was, like... I was so young mm. when it happened. And it was on a weekend. And I came back to school that Monday. Mm. And, and I was so young that, like, I couldn't even tell anybody. Because, like, I was like, wait mm. a minute. Like, who the fuck's going to believe me? Like, like what? I'm yeah. in seventh grade. Yeah. And I just had sex. Yeah. Like, who's going to believe me? So who, where did that, like, the idea to do it, the, like, uh, like, how did you know that that was, like, a thing to do with a, I mean. Honestly, like, looking back, I don't even know. Mm. I can't even give you, like, a def- like an answer. Yeah. Like, I was just, like, I think it was, like, we were, we were, I was young. We were probably talking about sex. I know for sure I was watching porn. Yeah. Um. And I just thought that's what I was supposed to do. Uh, you know, I didn't have like someone tell me like, don't do that or you shouldn't do that. It was just like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And so I did it. And then I didn't tell anybody. I kept it to myself. It's so funny because it's like, I mean, did you give it to yourself because you felt like you'd be judged or? No, I kept it to myself because I didn't think anybody would believe me. <laughs> oh, I thought you were a liar. Yeah, like uh, what? You're seven, you're in 7th grade. Like what are you doing? Like what? Yeah, well there's just so much wrapped up in that thing of like I remember every every step of the way there's it's so complex and obviously this is not a man only problem or a masculine only problem. Mm-hmm. But like every step of sexuality and, and sex and engaging in any part of it was so scary and confusing. And like, I you was didn't terrified. Know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like every time, you know, and I had a lot of like that kind of like insecurity that I wasn't, you know, like as like, I didn't have the same prowess as other men. Like I didn't lose my virginity until I was 20 mm-hmm. because I mean, I date, I went, I dated someone who I was very serious about in high school and she wanted to stay until she got married. And then mm-hmm. we dated into college. But I remember getting to college and being like 19 and being like, what the fuck? I don't know anything. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm so far behind. Like, I'm fucked here. Like, I'm going to like, and like having friends who are like, it's, you know, in college, like hooking up with people. And, mm-hmm. um, but I, I mean, I want to get more into that, that time of life, but I, I, we should take a break real okay. quick. Um, so when we come back, we'll talk, you know, about, kind of the high school, later high school, because I feel like that's a lot of, uh, a lot of the really destructive stuff started to like solidify for me in that time. A lot of the stuff that felt, it was looking back on it now, I know it was so far from who I am, mm-hmm. but I felt like it was who I had to be was yes. in that like high school, college time. Yes. Um, so 
talk about that one. That's a side. All right. Walt Down Podcast is Walker. Mike. We were talking about hmm, our like high school days. High school days. The good old high school That's memories. Right. What shaped us. The best years <laughs> of our lives, Michael. You hear me? So, so, what a, you know, that's the time when you're sort of like becoming the, in our case, the men that you, they say you're becoming the man you're going to be. So what, what was going on for you then? Um, so I was going to a high school. I got, well, I was going to a high school in LA and like San Fernando Valley. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got moved out to Simi Valley. It's like a predominantly white uh, town. Mm-hmm. So like the first day, like I'm six foot four, <laughs> black, walking to, walked into school. And I just remember everybody looking at me like, and I used to skate, too. Mm. So I was wearing, like, skating shoes and all that stuff. And I remember, like, one summer when I was, like, 11, 12, I went to, the like, basketball camp. So the coach knew me already, you know. And right, like, from day one, it was like, you're playing basketball. Mm. Like, this is what you did. So, like, you, when you, um, your friend went to that alternative school, like you would quickly adapt it. Got mm-hmm. the polo. Like I quickly adapted. I was like, nope, skateboarding, me, no. In this school, no. <laughs> like I'm playing basketball, switched up my style, switched up everything. And I just started playing basketball and became this like jock, popular, mm-hmm. um, hung out with everybody, had a lot of friends. Yeah. Uh, my cousin grew up in that town and he was like the bad kid that got in fights. So like, I already had that on top of it. Like no one was like gonna mess with me, and mm. like everybody knew my cousin. So it was, was he like, older? You yeah, said? he was yeah. older than me. Um, so yeah, I just you know quickly adapted. Like put on this like suit of like popular kid, hang out with everybody, uh, make friends with everybody, uh-huh. and yeah, just leave me alone. So what? It's like, so I went, you know, went to high school in Oklahoma and yeah. my high school was like, I went to a private Catholic high school mm-hmm. and I would say it was 95% white kids and maybe like 3% black kids and then like, uh, Latino kids and like maybe a few Asian kids. But mm-hmm. like, um, what was that experience like, like specifically being a black man at like, um, you know, because I've looked back on that too. Like I had a few, like black friends in but and we've talked some about what it was like the yeah. about being well well you tell me <laughs> um it was it was tough because i you know i was the other <laughs> i was the other mm. and i mean this is just my experience like i was the other but i was good at basketball mm. so i didn't like have any problems or any like issues or whatever but like most of my friends from high school were white and like I didn't have anybody to relate to or talk to about anything or like, yeah, we listened to the same music or, you know, we, we can connect on sports and stuff like that. But like, if there was something said that was like uncomfortable, like I couldn't talk to you about it because you would look at me and just be like, well, like, I'm sorry. Um, and like, 
I didn't have anybody to like talk to about like my anger if my white friend said something that mm-hmm. was like borderline racist, mm-hmm. you know? Or like if I did say anything, it was like, oh, chill, man, I didn't mean anything. I'm, I'm sorry, like it's all good. Yeah. So then there was that, like, oh, well, he was sorry. And then, um, once again, I, I didn't have any yeah. anybody to talk to about Same my thing. anger. Yeah. <laughs> Another time when you yeah. were it was not just... provided with any sort of outlet of who to, you know, of a person to talk to about mm-hmm. those kind of stuff, like those negative feelings. Like, yeah, man, I, I, I'm thinking about it, you know, this, we were... Oh, what I was maybe I, I was listening to a podcast about uh what was that uh the hidden brain one that NPR, was so hidden good brain and they were talking about who do you go to yeah to talk to about your feelings you know and especially in that time mm-hmm. you know when you started to like become kind of like more independent and, a, and and more of a man less of a boy it was like I can't tell you I, I had plenty of friends and we were as close as anyone else but I can't tell you about people I talked to about what I was feeling. Did you have a best friend in high school or middle school? Like someone that was like your best friend? I mean, yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. Because I had, well, it's weird. I had my brother who was my mm-hmm. age. And so that's, it's like we were sort of best friends, but that's kind of different. We're also very different. Yeah. We're very similar, but we're very different. Um, but we also, my, my friend Jeremy, he lived like two houses down. And mm-hmm. he, went, he went to my grade school and he went to my high school. And so he and I, and he's also like, you know, he's, he's also like a very sensitive person and a very kind person. Um, and so you would think that naturally we would be able to share a lot of that stuff with each other, but I think maybe we even hid a lot of that stuff from yeah. each other. Yeah. Um, maybe cause we were embarrassed for each other and we were embarrassed to show, you know, I don't know. We had some like what at the time felt like deep talks. I just didn't have that language. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a, like I talk now to people about like um, the emotional language and like emotional illiteracy and emotion you know it's like a foreign language that i just didn't mm-hmm. speak and no one was teaching me how no. to speak it. yeah you know yeah. like i was never good in spanish and i but at least i had class you know yeah. like seven years of yeah. spanish um but yeah that time that was when that time really started to crystallize like becoming a man mm-hmm. become a man be a man be a man and, you know like playing football in high school and this idea of that's it was like really starting to get stomped out of like both don't be female and don't and and there was this very you know homophobic kind of culture and it wasn't even that any of us were homophobic per se i mean i don't want to say that none of us were homophobic but i never saw you never saw it as being anti-gay i had you know family friends and this kind of thing who were gay and never thought you hateful there that there was anything wrong with being gay but that was the thing you would throw at each other and that's coaches adult men would say to us don't you know you peter pumpers and you candy asses and like we had this football coach, you like if you messed up on a play, you like didn't really know what you were doing. He would be like, "You you're running around like a blind queer at a weenie roast." Mm-hmm. And at the time, it's like that's a funny, weird expression, but it's like that's a crazy thing to say yeah. to a bunch of kids, like mm-hmm. a bunch of like fourteen, fifteen year old kids. Yeah, um, yeah, and like calling us, like I said, candy ass and this kind of thing, and and that was the worst thing you could be called. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like and in, in, in front of your teammates. Too. Oh yeah. Yeah. When we're all trying to show and, and I, I'm interested here because you know, we've talked some about this and, and maybe in future episodes, we'll talk more almost specifically about sports, but I remember sports because I was always a, I was a fine athlete. I wasn't, I was not the best on the team by far. I wasn't the worst kid. Um, 
but h- how much I felt ashamed of who I was because I couldn't, I wasn't the best. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. like, I wasn't, I, I wasn't, I, I went to a pretty competitive school and like just torturing myself because I wasn't, I didn't, I never started. I didn't even like as a senior, I remember as a senior, I couldn't play on JV anymore because they were like, seniors can't play, but I wasn't good enough to start. So all my friends are playing and I would just go to practice all week and I hated it. I, like, yeah. I remember driving and wishing that I would get in a car accident that would like put me in a wheelchair mm-hmm. just long enough for like football season so I could get out of it. But I didn't feel like I could quit. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That was like, I remember at one point I had a conversation with my coach about quitting and he basically just like shamed me. He's yeah. Like, well, you're not going to abandon your brothers. You know, you're a senior and what message would that send? You don't like these, you've been with your brother, you know. Men don't quit. Exactly. Like this thing of like. If you quit, you might as well leave high school. You might as well not be a man. You might as, like, exactly. you might as well not. You're not a man anymore if yeah. you do this to the other the other men that you've done mm-hmm. this with. You know, mm-hmm. and so again, I just internalized it. I didn't yeah. talk to anyone about that. I just was like, all right, I guess I'll just do this thing that I, I loved spending time with my friends and joking around, and having fun. But I was like in serious pain. Suck it up. Yeah, exactly. And mo and. and I mean, like that. In retrospect, that's a crazy thing. I was 18, hoping that I would get hurt, mm-hmm. so I could not do this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as opposed to just being able to be allowed to just quit, to just quit yeah. and talk about why you want to quit. Yeah, or and just, what's the yeah. reason behind? Exactly. <laughs> or, or to even say that I didn't like it. Exactly. That I didn't want to play. Exactly. So what was it? So I'm wondering what it was like for you as someone who was talented. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. It was it was cool because I was talented. It was fine, you know. Like when I was playing, like I think I just compartmentalized it. Mm. You know, I was just like, all right, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be good at it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to do my best. Yeah. And um, yeah, this is just what I do right now, and I don't know any other. Did you love it? No. <laughs> Hell no! I didn't love basketball. <laughs> I didn't love That's football. So funny, you like I just assume- did it because like. That's what I was told to do. Yeah, you know, because like, you were skilled at. It. Yeah, you know what you said the lat when before we took the break. Uh, that I'm gonna relate tie this into is when you started wearing the polo shirts. You started saying the right things, mm-hmm. hanging out with the right people. You got the things. Yeah. So for me, when I played basketball and I was good at it, I got all the things that I wanted. Mm-hmm. So I knew by if I played basketball, people weren't gonna question me. Teachers were going to be nice to me. Yeah. The girls were going to like me. Everybody was going to like me. I was going to be the cool kid. Mm. I wasn't going to have any problems. I was going to have a ton of friends, even mm. though I didn't connect to all of them. Mm-hmm. Even though like I had all these friends or people around me, people showing me love, like I still felt alone. Yeah. But it was better than not having those things. Yeah. You know. You asked me about the best friend. In mm-hmm. high school. Do you Did not have a best friend. Have That's a, why I asked you. Yeah, I, th- I thought that and I went off on a tangent. I made it about me, Mike. No. Right? About me. And I'm talking about myself here. But no, so so did you, were you aware that other Mm-mm. people had best friends yes. and didn't? Yes. What was that like? It was lonely. Hell yeah. It was lonely. Like, I remember when you sent me that, uh, the, the, the podcast um, that I just watched, the brain, the hidden brain, the hidden brain podcast, and part of it was like, um, 
I'm forgetting the guy's name in the podcast, but he was hugging his Paul. Paul. He was hugging his uh, beam in his yeah. house just for a connection. Yeah. You know, yeah. Plug for the Hidden Brain, uh, Lonely American Man podcast. It's, it's about, uh, you know, it's about this about masculinity and how it cuts us off from friendships. Man, I related yeah. to that so much. He just wanted some level of connection, mm-hmm. and that was me in high school. Like, but I didn't know how to like connect. I had no clue. Like you just said, it was a foreign language. Mm-hmm. Like, how am I going to talk to somebody if I don't know how to talk? Yeah, what do you just walk up to someone and say, hey, can we be really intimate friends, please? Yeah, can we just be friends, please? You know, like, I had all these surface level friends, yeah. you know? But, yeah, no, I wasn't talking to a best friend in high school. Yeah. We were friends because we played basketball. Mm. We were friends because we, like, listened to the same movie or same music. But if you took stripped away basketball, yeah, if you stripped away basketball, I probably wouldn't hang out with you. Yeah. Um, well, and that's funny too because you said you're you kind of performed that role of the basketball player to get things, but you're playing a, a role that is not true to who you are, man. Man, I was an actor. I was out there acting. Yeah, I was on my Denzel. Dude, it, yeah, and I think that like honestly, I feel like, and it probably started before, but that story I told about the like cutting the hair and putting on the polo that was my start of my acting career. Yeah, too, and that just continued. Yep. And it was like, I, I started changing all these different, I'm going to be the, this version. I'm going to be this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, if I, if I, dude, if I went to my coach and was like, I don't want to play basketball, he'd have looked at me like, are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Like the amount of talent you have, yeah. you're, you don't want to play basketball? Yeah. Like what? You yeah. want, what do you want to do? I want to go to art school, please. Yeah. That's the response I would have got. So it was just like. Well, shit, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to play basketball. I didn't even know if I really liked basketball. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there's no way you were going to question No. That. Yeah. There's no way I was going to quit. It got me all those things. Yeah. Got you, know? you that acceptance. The, the acceptance that I wanted. Well, and that's like I remember my – so I would I played football, soccer, and, and wrestled. And, again, none of them was I that skilled at, but it was like this is what you do. You fill your time. Um, doing this and it kind of gave me an identity and it gave me, you know, I was I hung out with kind of all the same people doing it. And I remember my senior year, second, last semester of my senior year, instead of wrestling, I was in uh, the musical at high school. Mm-hmm. I was like in uh, Guys and Dolls. And I had to tell my wrestling coach that I wasn't going to wrestle because it was like you would do it for the whole into the second semester and he was so pissed. And, mm-hmm. he, and I wasn't even good. And he was just like, what are you doing? Like, are you kidding? Like, um, yeah, I was just kidding. I just remembered something. <laughs> I remember when I transferred, I was playing. So, like, I played football and basketball, and I was better at basketball. And the coach for the football team wanted me to play play football. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was like maybe the second or third week of being at this new school, and I forgot all my like. It was before uh, we did pads, so mm. you would wear your like basketball short. You wear your shorts and your t shirt, mm-hmm. and you just do like seven on seven drills yeah. and like uh, weight training yeah. and like sprints and stuff like that. And I forgot all my stuff at home. And he was like in front of the team. He was like, I was the new kid on in camp on campus. Mm-hmm. Forgot all my stuff, and he was like, I want you to run sprints in your jeans. And I looked at him like, what? 
Hmm. And he's like, I want you to run sprints on your team. And I was like, fuck no, I'm not doing that. Hmm. And he's like, then get the fuck off the, the football field. And I just walked off. And from that day, like the football team was like looking at me like I was crazy, like, like looking down on me because I didn't do that. <laughs> and I was like, yo, fuck this guy. Yeah. And from then on, like I had the biggest resentment. Like every time I saw him, I would just like look at him like I wanted to hit this guy. Yeah. Because he like shamed me in front of all these Shane, kids. You cut you off from all those people. Yeah. Like, put like he established dominance. Yeah. Like, in this very male way. But luckily, I was that good at basketball that I can just make that transition mm. and just play basketball. That's mm. all I concentrated on mm. was just basketball. So I couldn't imagine if like if I was just like a kid, like a I don't want to say regular kid. If you didn't have like, that skill set. Yeah. If I didn't have that skill set, then. I'd be like, man, fuck every man. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's funny, like, the, the tools that a man can have that are useful, you know what I mean? Like, I think in retrospect, I was a very good listener and very open and very non-judgmental, and that didn't get me shit as a man. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No one cared about that. That yeah. wasn't, like, getting me anything to in this sort of, if you want to look at it as, like, access to this club. Um so I want to take another break and when we come back, I kind of want to talk about the things, the way we coped with these feelings, the okay. way we coped with, uh, you know, this feeling of not having, not being able to express all this stuff. And the then, juicy stuff. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe if we have some time in this podcast, we'll get to when it got better. But <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Maybe that'll be the next one. All right. All right. So I think, you know, I think we should probably wrap this one up. Mm-hmm. This and is a two-part this series. This is a two-parter. This is, there was a lot actually going on in our combined 63 years of life. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just it can uh, do it in one hour. So we're going to do another part, come back on the next episode and talk a lot about uh, how we coped with not having any coping skills. How yeah. We, yeah, how we were able to... Uh, open up how we were able to let out emotions even if we didn't really know what they were yeah what Um, got us to this uh sitting next to each other talking about this stuff yes yeah yeah exactly and i think that's also like that part of it is like what where did that lead us Mm -hmm. um final thoughts no i'm excited yeah i'm super excited that we're able to have this like open platform um discussion and i hope you guys are excited too yeah I hope uh, I hope that made sense to everyone. And I uh, again, if you have any thoughts, questions, if you have questions like you have for us, or questions, things you've been thinking about yourself, or guests, or anything, email us at wallsdownpodcast at gmail dot com, and uh, we'll get back to you. And we'll you know maybe we'll read stuff on future episodes. But uh, thanks for listening. Thank you guys.